You're listening to Subdivisions, a podcast about 80s music and the artists who made it. I'm your host, Dylan Johnson. The Young Aborigines were a New York City hardcore punk band founded in 1979 featuring John Barry, Kate Schellenbach, Jeremy Chatan, and Michael Diamond. Chatan was replaced by Adam Yoke on bass and the band renamed themselves Beastie Boys. The band played supporting gigs for Bad Brains, The Dead Kennedys, The Misfits, and Reagan Youth in the early 80s. They released an EP in 1982, Pollywog Stew. Soon after that release, John Barry left the band and was replaced by Adam Horowitz. Beastie Boys then recorded their first hip-hop track, Cookie Puss, based around prank calling a local Carvel ice cream shop in 1983, which quickly became a local hit in New York underground dance clubs. Yo, I said I'm calling you, mate. Yo, B, it's the phone. Yo, B. May I help you? Yes, what's your name? Hello? Hello, man, you got Cookie Puss's number? Here's my supervisor, he'll help you. <laughs> Yo, man, where's the supervisor at? I, I, I got the number anyway, baby. The B-side of Cookie Puss, Beastie Revolution, was used by British Airways in a commercial without permission, resulting in the airline paying the band $40,000 in restitution, which they used to rent an apartment in Chinatown where they would live and record for the next few years. Beastie Boys began to add hip-hop into their sets, hiring NYU student Rick Rubin to DJ for them. Rubin had just founded a new label with fellow NYU student Russell Simmons called Def Jam and recruited the band to the fledgling label. Yoke, Diamond, and Horowitz then fired Schellenbach, feeling she didn't fit in with their tough-guy rapper image, a move they later expressed regret over. In 1984, Def Jam's second ever release was Beastie Boys' 12-inch single, Rock Hard. One year later, the group released the single She's On It, which appeared on the soundtrack to the film Crush Groove. The band then began to work on their first LP, releasing three singles in 1986 that were minor hits on R&B radio. Hold It Now, Hit It, The New Style, and Paul Revere. The fourth single, Brass Monkey, was a minor hit in 1987. 
All of which is to say that nothing could have prepared the band for how big the fifth single would be. Yeah! That single and music video launched the band into the cultural zeitgeist and remains one of the most misunderstood songs of the 80s along with Springsteen's Born in the USA. The band has repeatedly stated that the song was intended to be a parody of party rock anthems and yet it became perhaps the ultimate party rock anthem. Their stage show, intended on spoofing the stage show of metal acts at the time, had a go-go dancer in a cage and a giant 25-foot phallus that would pop out of a box at the end of the show. All of this wound up being taken literally, and by the time the group finished their License to Ill tour, they were odds-on favorites to become the one-hit wonders that everyone assumed they were. They were being hosed by Def Jam on their royalties, their relationship with producer and friend Rick Rubin was on the rocks, and the media backlash to their public personas was strong. The band signed with Capitol Records and headed out to L.A. to make their second album. A chance meeting between John King and Adam Horowitz led to King and his partner Michael Simpson, collectively known as the Dust Brothers, to create the music and produce the Beastie Boys' next album, Paul's Boutique. The Dust Brothers actually had about half of the tracks from the album completed and had intended on releasing them as instrumental tracks when the Beastie Boys asked if they could rap over the tracks. The producers offered to strip the songs down to just beats, but the band wanted them to leave them as is. The resulting album sold relatively poorly, but became one of those albums whose legacy far exceeds its initial reception. The sample-heavy tracks were all cleared by Capitol, but at a much cheaper rate than would become the standard in later years. The lead single from Paul's Boutique became the first song to chart in the top 20 on both the rap singles and modern rock tracks charts. Boys would go on to have a long and successful career throughout the 90s and 2000s until the death of MCA from cancer in 2012. Kate Schellenbach would go on to be the drummer for Luscious Jackson, who had several hits in the 90s. No 
and is currently a television producer, having worked on The Ellen DeGeneres Show and The Late 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 Show with James Corden. Here's a track that wasn't released as a single from Paul's Boutique, but got a lot of play on the radio nevertheless. Shake Your Rump. Michael Small, Nathaniel Hall, and Sammy Burwell, professionally known as Mike G, Africa Baby Bam, and DJ Sammy B, joined forces in 1987 under the name Jungle Brothers. They released their first LP, Straight Out the Jungle, in 1988 on the indie label Warlock Records, which, while not selling in huge numbers, contained the seeds of what would become known as the Native Tongues Posse, a collective of Afrocentric, positive-minded hip-hop artists known for their pioneering, eclectic sampling and jazz-influenced beats and samples. I'll tell you why, because they can't stand the sight of the jungle. Ah, they never fight a fuss, they never curse a cuss, they just stand on the side and stare at us. They get out of line, I put them on a vine, and give them one big push for all mankind. They ain't nothing to it. I just go ahead and do it. I lay down the jungle sound and run right through it. And when I'm on the mic, I never stutter or stumble because I'm a jungle brother. Straight, Straight out the out jungle. The jungle. That album also contained a guest rap from a friend of the group named Kamal Farid, known by his stage name as Q-Tip, on the track Black is Black. Something, something is not right, and it deals with black and white. Tell me, my G, is it me? Oh, it's just society filled with propaganda, huh? Why do we meander, huh? In a zone with hate for peace, or of this BS will cease. All I am is one black man in a mighty big white hand. Brother, brother, sister, sister, if you miss or if you miss the listen, please, to this fact. Black is black is black is black. The trio followed up their debut LP with the first hip house single, not from Chicago, I'll House You, which would be added to later pressings of Straight Out the Jungle. Check this out. That song was a minor R&B hit and a bigger club hit, which got Jungle Brothers signed to Warner Brothers Records. While recording their follow-up album, Jungle Brothers appeared on fellow Native Tongues posse De La Soul's debut LP, Three Feet High and Rising, along with Q-Tip on the track Buddy. We're gonna talk about Buddy on this plate, but before we let the herd out the gate, make sure all the levels are straight out the jungle. The jungle, the brothers, the brothers. De La Soul. From the soul, black medallions, no gold. Hanging out with cars, hanging out with mace. Buddy, 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 all in my face. Fold the lap, 
Jim Browski must wear a cap Just in case the young girl likes to clap Aim for the win, but before I begin I'll initiate the body with a slap Now for the next I'm the cute from a tribe called Quest And when I quest for the body, I don't their major label debut followed in November of 1989, done by the forces of nature. Dying to get on the dance floor, girl, what you waiting for? Yeah. Come on over and swing with me. Take your mind out your misery. Tomorrow's gonna be another day. Uh-huh. Tonight, I'm gonna take it light. Yeah. Grab the world and put it on hold. Relax my body and rest my soul. Feel the vibe surrounding me. Uh. Feel the bass come down on me. Yeah, shake your butt, but don't break your back. That album was well-reviewed and influential, but sold poorly, especially in comparison to De La Soul's album from earlier that year. At this point, Warner Brothers becomes the antagonist in the story, as they constantly reject Jungle Brothers' tracks for their next LP, delaying the release until 1993, an eternity in the pop and hip-hop landscapes, especially in the late 80s, early 90s. The album, JB's With The Remedy, did feature their highest charting single, 40 Below Trooper, which hit number two on the rap charts in 1993. Jungle Brothers have released five more albums since then, most recently 2020's Keep It Jungle. Their Watershed 1989 album, Done by the Forces of Nature, has since been recognized as an all-time classic in hip-hop, and the third and final single is perhaps the finest example of the spirit of the Native Tongues Collective, with De La Soul, Q-Tip, Moni Love, and Queen Latifah all appearing on the cut. Here's Doing Our Own Dang by Jungle Brothers. A fat funky dude with a whole lot of tang. A little something gonna do when I own thing. Breaking the beat, others wish they broke. Baseline so dope that you just might choke. Don't bite on something that you can't chew. But don't trail behind when I'm coming through. Put the feel that you really can't feel. Cause you're trying to feel what's on my real career. A tree is growing. Can't you see what I see? A ripe new fruit to lose. We count to ten before we pass the cruise. Now that's family. Kelvin Postanus Mercer, David Trugoy the Dove Jolicor, and Vincent Maceo Mason were all high schoolers in Amityville, Long Island in 1998 when they started recording and performing as De La Soul. They recorded a demo of a song called Plug Tunin, which caught the ear of local DJ and producer Paul Houston, also known as Prince Paul. Paul had started out as a DJ at 14 years old, doing parties and tapes with schoolmate Marcel Hall. But we will discuss Biz Marquis in greater detail later in the podcast. Paul helped the trio get signed to Tommy Boy Records and would produce their debut album, Three Feet High and Rising, which would, along with the previously mentioned Paul's Boutique, change the landscape of hip-hop, albeit briefly, before becoming more widely influential on modern music. We will circle back to discuss Three Feet High and Rising in greater detail in a minute, 
but suffice it to say here that the album was a smash hit. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Tell me, mirror, what is wrong? Can it be my daylight clothes or is it just my daylight song? What I do ain't make believe. People say I sit and try, but when it comes to being daylight, it's just me, myself, and I. Their follow-up LP, 1991's De La Soul is Dead, finds the trio trying to create some distance from their hippie image with a darker subject matter like drug addiction and sexual abuse, and even their lead single, Ring 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 Ha Ha Hey, is about trying to evade all of the people trying to get a piece of their fame. Once again, it's another rap bandit Feeling an eye and I can't stand it Wanna be down with the day glow Knocking on my door saying, hey yo yo Knocking on my door saying, hey yo yo I got a funky new tune with a fly banjo I can't understand what the problem is I find it hard enough dealing with my own biz How'd they get my name and number? De La Soul has released eight albums and appeared as a featured artist on the international smash hit Feel Good Incorporated by Gorillaz. Windmill, windmill for the land is everybody in. Go shop, chitty, 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 pie, you captain, sit it steady, watch me travel. On February 12th, 2023, Trugoy the Dove died of congestive heart failure at age 54. De La Soul's most enduring legacy is their debut album, Three Feet High and Rising, which was the first hip-hop album to include comedy sketches as thematic links between tracks. Okay, now we've met our contestants, let's get to the game. I'm going to ask an amount of four questions, and you'll try to answer them correctly. Now you out there in the audience can answer along with them. How many feathers are on a Purdue chicken? How many fibers are intertwined in a shredded wheat biscuit? What does touche et lele poo mean? How many times did the Batmobile catch a flat? Now that we know the questions, we'll let the contestants think them over and we'll return right after these messages. And was a group explicitly trying to distance themselves from the rising tide of gangster rap. They used a wide variety of samples instead of concentrating on just one certain type of sample, which was the style at the time. And that would lead to some wonderful moments like combining Otis Redding's whistle from Sitting on the Dock of the Bay with the melody lines from Steely Dan's Peg and a drum loop from Lee Dorsey's Get Out of My Life Woman on a rap song about being in love. Hip-hop love this is, and don't mind when I quiz your involvements before the sun. But clear your court, cause this a one-man sport, and who's better for this than plug one? Plug don't one. have to worry about me squashing other deals, cause they've already been squished. Freeze a frame of our moves the same, wish we can continue right behind the bush. You'll stay with me, I know this, but not because of all my earthly treasures, or regardless to the fact that I'm possibly loose, but because... I 
It also led to De La Soul being sued by the Turtles for the use of their song, You Showed Me, in the track Transmitting Live from Mars. À midi. Quelle heure est-il Il est midi. C'est l'heure de déjeuner. Qu'est-ce qu'il y a à manger Des saucisses, sans doute. Écoutez et répétez. À midi. À midi. À midi. Quelle heure est-il Quelle heure Quelle heure est-il est The label had gotten clearances to use samples for most of the album, but not all of the album, to wit, the Turtles. The Turtles asked for $2.5 million, and the suit was ultimately settled out of court, but the effect it had on sampling was immediate. Labels shied away from sample-heavy albums like De La Soul's, which has 60 samples to clear, because of the logistical hassle of clearing everything, and hip-hop artists were concerned with getting sued for an extremely large sum of money, and so also shied away from using a lot of samples, which also helped end the brief sample-delic age of hip-hop. In fact, De La Soul's back catalog wouldn't appear on streaming services until early 2023, mainly because the company that owned their songs couldn't be bothered to clear all the samples. The band finally took matters into their own hands, regaining ownership of their catalog and getting most of the samples cleared for streaming. Sharp-eared listeners may catch a few minor changes. One song with a wonderful, weird sample from Three Feet High and Rising was The Magic Number, which centered around a three is the magic number sample from the 1973 educational cartoon Schoolhouse Rock by Bob Duro. Three times four is twelve and three times three is nine and three times two is six and three times one. What is it? Three! Yeah, that's a magic number. A man and a woman had a little baby Yes, they did. They had three in the family. That's a magic number. Also, you can hear the sample that the album took its name from in this song. That's Johnny Cash saying three feet high and rising from his song Five Feet High and Rising. This is De La Soul and the magic number. Three, that's a magic number. Yes, it is. It's the magic number. Somewhere in this hip hop soul community, was born three makes love at me, and that's a magic number. What does it all mean? Difficult preaching is posthumous pleasure. Pleasure in preaching starts in the heart. Something that stimulates the music in a measure. Measure in the music breaks three parts. Casually see, but don't do like the soul. Cause seeing and doing are actions for monkeys. Doing hip hop hustle, no rock and roll. Unless your name's Brewster, cause Brewster's a punky. In 1964, the Africa Center opened in London with the express purpose of fostering non-governmental relations between newly independent African nations and Great Britain, maintaining informal cultural links between Africa and England and offering a meeting place for Africans living in London. In 1975, Wala Danga organized the first nightclub at the Africa Center. Trevor Romeo was born in London one year before the Africa Center opened, the son of Antiguan immigrants. By the time Romeo was 18, he had organized a group of DJs, musicians, and sound engineers under the name Ja Rico, a collective that had a clothing line, a record shop in Camden, 
a record imprint, and most importantly, a sound system. A sound system in this context is a group of DJs, engineers, producers, promoters who have pooled their resources to create a usually mobile rig of speakers, amplifiers, turntables, and a van who set up and play free parties. By 1982, Romeo was going by the stage name Jazzy B, and Ja Rico had changed their name to Soul to Soul. In 1985, Soul to Soul began a residency at the Africa Center that would become legendary. By 1988, the group consisted of Jazzy B, Karen Wheeler, Nellie Hooper, Simon Law, Doreen Waddell, Rose Windross, Daddy, HB, and Jazzy Q. They released a single, Fair Play, which featured Windross on lead vocals, which was a minor hit. Their second single, Feel Free, featured Waddell on lead vocals, and it too was a minor UK hit. By this point, Soul to Soul had outgrown the Africa House, so they moved to the Fridge nightclub, where they were one of the main drivers of the Second Summer of Love, the 1988 movement that saw the rise of raves and all-night house music parties in the UK. The group released their third single, Keep On Movin', which featured Wheeler on lead vocals, and it became a global smash, charting in the top 10 in the UK, US, and across Europe, also topping the dance club and R&B charts in America. Their first album, Club Classics Volume 1, soon followed. One year later, the group had lost all three of their singers, who had been replaced with three different singers, and released their follow-up LP, Club Classics Volume 2, 1990 A New Decade, which featured three singles, including the UK number three hit, Get a Life. This pattern would repeat itself over the course of the decade, with singers departing 
and then a new album being released until Soul to Soul disbanded in 1998. All of the singers who featured in Soul to Soul released solo records with varying degrees of success, and there are honestly too many to list. The group has reunited over the years for various performances and festivals. In 2008, Jazzy B was awarded an OBE by Queen Elizabeth II for his contributions to British music and culture. Soul to Soul's second single from their debut LP started out as an a cappella track written and performed by Karen Wheeler about a near-death experience and being angry that she was brought back to life from paradise. She was talking to her creator, asking them, why do you want me here? However do you want me? What do you need from me? This a cappella version is the track that is on the album. Steady, are you ready? Are you ready? What's going on? Tell me what's going on. Cold, fresh air. Feel the melody that's in the air. Oh, yeah. I'm down, take a look around. Oh, it's slow now. However, after Keep On Movin' was a hit, the label wanted another single featuring Wheeler, so Jazzy B took her a cappella song and added beats and an orchestral arrangement, and the song was released as Back to Life, However Do You Need Me. That version became the group's biggest hit, topping the charts in the US, UK, Canada, and Europe. Here's Soul to Soul with Back to Life, However Do You Need Me. Vanessa Lynn Williams was the daughter of two music teachers, so it should come as no surprise when she earned a scholarship to Syracuse University and their College of Visual and Performing Arts as a music theater major. She attended for two years, dropping out in 1983 when she became the first African American to be crowned Miss America. Several weeks before the end of her reign, she was pressured to relinquish the title after Penthouse Magazine published unauthorized nude photos of Williams. 31 years later, the pageant would formally apologize for the way the organization treated her during the scandal. In 1988, Williams released her debut album, The Right Stuff, which featured the eponymous number one dance single. Her second LP, The Comfort Zone, came out in 1991 and would go on to be her bestseller, driven by her international smash hit, Save the Best for Last. Somehow, 
she continued to have chart success throughout the 90s, releasing two additional pop albums, a hit Christmas album, and Colors of the Wind from the Disney movie Pocahontas. Have you She also starred on Broadway in Kiss of the Spider Woman and her Tony-nominated role as the witch in a revival of Into the Woods. She was nominated for an Emmy for her role as Wilhelmina Slater on the series Ugly Betty and had a season-long arc on Desperate Housewives. She has appeared in the films Soul Food, Eraser, Shaft, and a memorable turn as the Queen of Trash in Elmo and Grouchland. Back in 1988, while recording her debut album, Williams brought a song that she'd heard hadn't gone anywhere called Dreamin' by a Motown act, Gwyn. She asked producer Donald Robinson, who had produced the original version in 1986, if he would produce a new version with her, and he agreed. The pair worked on the song for three days, and the results would speak for themselves. Dreamin' would become Vanessa Williams' first hit song, hitting number eight on the Hot 100 and topping the R&B charts. This is Vanessa Williams and Dreamin'. When we last left Prince, he had just released a commercial flop of a film, Under the Cherry Moon, and another massive hit record with Kiss. Prince was concurrently working on two new projects, an album with the revolution called Dream Factory, and a solo work centering on an androgynous personality named Camille. He abruptly disbanded the revolution and combined the two projects into one triple LP called Crystal Ball. Warner Brothers Records rejected Crystal Ball, forcing Prince to trim down the record to two albums, which was released as Sign of the Times. And fancy skinny man died of a big disease with a little name. By chance his girlfriend came across a needle and soon she did the same. At home there were 17 year old boys and their idea fun. Is being in a gang called the Disciples High on Crack Toting a machine gun Critics are generally split as to whether or not Purple Rain or Sign of the Times is Prince's greatest, and both are worthy of the accolade. Prince assembled a new band and set out on a European tour that was hugely successful, prompting Warner Brothers to urge Prince to tour the U.S., but he had other ideas. As a compromise, Prince filmed the last two nights of the tour for theatrical release in the States. The film didn't do well at the box office, but has become widely regarded as a great concert film in the intervening years. 
His next record, The Black Album, was to be released with just a black sleeve that contained no title or artist information, no artwork of any kind, just a catalog number and a track listing. Promo copies were pressed, but Prince had a spiritual epiphany just before he released it and ordered the album recalled because it was, quote, evil. A few hundred copies made it out in Europe, and a few American copies were not destroyed and became widely bootlegged. All the boys, grab a girl, get down on the floor. Ooh, this funky beat's gonna show you, gonna show you what your hips are made. Instead, Prince went back into the studio and recorded and then released Love Sexy in 1988, which featured the hit Alphabet Street. That song would later be sampled by Arrested Development for their hit, Tennessee. I'm gonna drive. Lord, I've really been real stressed Down and out, losing dress Although I am black and brass Problems got me pessimistic After a world tour, Prince went back into the studio to work on his next album, Raven to the Joy Fantastic, and his next film, Graffiti Bridge. During this time, he was approached by Tim Burton to contribute a song for his upcoming film, Batman. Prince being Prince, he composed an album's worth of material that wound up being the soundtrack for the film. Interestingly, the original concept for the album was that Prince would sing all of the Joker songs and Michael Jackson would sing all of the Batman songs, but Jackson was in the middle of his bad world tour, so the idea was scrapped. The album would be Prince's first number one album since Around the World in a Day in 1985, and the album's lead single, Bat Dance, would be Prince's first number one since Kiss in 1986. Bat Dance is a fascinating track, as it was a last-minute addition to the album, as Burton had rejected one of the tracks that Prince planned on including, 200 Balloons. Prince took the core of 200 Balloons and just went ham with samples and edits, 
basically telling the whole story of the film in five minutes, complete with tempo changes, samples of his other songs from the soundtrack, and a blistering guitar solo. Here's Prince and Bat Dance. And where, and where, is the Batman? We discussed the early career of Bobby Brown in our previous episode on New Edition, so we'll start with his exit from that group in early 1986. The story at the time was that Brown left of his own accord, but since then, other members of the group have said that Brown was fired by the group's management against the wishes of the other members of New Edition. Either way, 17-year-old Brown was on his own and signed a deal with MCA Records and released the album King of Stage in 1986, which had the number one R&B single Girlfriend, but was otherwise a bit of a scattershot effort. After that, Brown regrouped and spent almost a full year on recording his follow-up record, enlisting the biggest R&B producers of the day to work with him. L.A. Reid, Babyface, and Teddy Riley. That album, Don't Be Cruel, would become the biggest selling record of 1989, selling over 12 million copies and spawning five hit singles, Rock With Ya, Ronnie, My Prerogative, Every Little Step, and Don't Be Cruel, the latter three of which all topped the R&B charts. was so hot that while Don't Be Cruel was in the middle of charting those five hits, his song from the soundtrack to Ghostbusters 2, On Our Own, would also top the R&B charts. Brown's follow-up LP, Mystical Magic, was shelved in 1990 and never released, but Brown appeared on Ralph Trevant's R&B hit, Stone Cold Gentleman, on the remix of Babyface's Tender Lover, and the number one hit by Glenn Medeiros, She Ain't Worth It. Yo, man, one thing I hate is when a girl plays fake and tries to make me late for another date. 
Cause I tried to make your mind for the last time So take this in as a diss and a goodbye She ain't worth it even though she's on the ice tip She better get a grip and hit a grip quick, fast and a hurry Cause I won't buckle The girl's jazzy but she's nothing but a struggle His third album, Bobby, dropped in 1992 and featured four more R&B hits, including the number one, Humpin' Around. Brown would release one more album, Forever, in 1997, which performed poorly, and he was dropped from MCA. I endeavor to try and keep as much of the non-musical part of a performer's life out of these episodes, but in the case of Brown, there has been so much written about it, I feel I need to summarize it just so I don't get comments about why didn't I include it. Brown's marriage to Whitney Houston was troubled from the start, with both partners involved with alcohol and drug abuse, and with Brown being arrested for battery after hitting Houston in 2003. The couple would divorce in 2007. Brown has four drunk driving arrests, the most recent in 2012. Since 2012, Brown has remarried and has had no run-ins with the law as of this episode in 2023. Today, he performs with the reunited New Edition. Back in 1988, his second solo record, Don't Be Cruel, was almost complete, but Brown still felt that something was missing from the album. He flew to New York to meet with producer Teddy Riley, who had played him a song that he and Aaron Hall had written with Brown in mind. Brown loved the song, and it would go on to be not just a number one smash, but is widely considered his signature song. Here's Bobby Brown and My Prerogative. Marvin Young was born in London, England in 1967 with his family emigrating to Queens, New York when he was six. Young went to college at USC where he met Michael Ross and Matt Dyke, the founders of Delicious Vinyl, who signed him to a record deal. Delicious Vinyl had just had regional success on LA radio with their second release, the debut single by Tone Loke, Chiba Chiba. I'm like an L, roll eight and one holder. Park my bins, I go jet out on my scooter. Fail to the coast, take a hell of a scope. Twist up a big bobber of the serious dope. Smoke it down to the dub, you spot roach clip. So much damn resin, it's starting to drip. It ain't awful like heroin, it's also cheaper. That's why I'm glad, homeboy, that I. Young was tasked with helping write follow-up singles for Loke. Those two songs 
Wild Thing and Funky Cold Medina would go on to sell six million copies between the two of them. Working all week, not a five for my money. So on the weekend comes, I go get live with the honey. Rolling down the street, I saw this girl when she was pumping. I wake my eyes, got into the ride, went to a club with jumping. Introduced myself as low, she said, you're a liar. I said, I got it going on, baby doll. And I'm on fire. Took her to the hotel. She said, you're the king. I said, be my queen, if you know what I mean. And let's do the wild thing. In between the release of Wild Thing and Funky Cold Medina, Young would release his first single on Delicious Vinyl, Know How, which didn't chart at all. But so you think that this shit that's a need to get the best of me, but I suggest to be quiet, but don't even try it from the east and west of me. Taking it and never breaking it, or even shaking it, grooving it and always moving it, cause I'm not faking it. Pulling out rhymes like books off the shelf. Born in England, makes a holler, start to go for myself. This is stone cold rhyming, no frills, no fluffs, and it's no accident that these rhymes sound tough. I'm going off, baby, there's no turning back. I'm on your TV, on your album cassette, and they track. And when the show is finally finished, I'll be taking my bath. My name is Young, and yo, I got no how. You know what I'm saying? Young finished up his debut album while also finishing his bachelor's degree in economics from USC. To my first class, I run and don't walk. All I hear is my sneakers and the scratching of chalk. And when I get to the room, I hear the teacher say, Mr. Young, I'm happy that you could join us today. I try to sit down so I can take some notes, but I can't read what the kid next to me wrote. And if that wasn't enough to make my morning complete, as I try to get up, I find this gum on my seat. And with the seat stuck to me, I raise my hand and say, excuse me, but can I go to the bathroom, ma'am? The teacher got upset and she screamed out, no, it's off to the principal's office you go. The final track for Young MC's Stone Cold Ryman LP was written in his dorm room in about 90 minutes. Young recruited Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers to play the bass line on the track, and Flea would also appear in the music video. That song, Bust a Move, would be the third smash hit from Delicious Vinyl to cross over to the pop charts, signaling that hip-hop was no longer going to be relegated to the R&B charts. Since then, Young MC has released seven more LPs, albeit none as successful as his debut. He has been touring on the I Love the 90s nostalgia tours and is still writing and performing today. This is Young MC and Bust a Move. Okay, smarty, go to a party. Girls are scantily clad, are showing body. A chick walks by, you wish you could sex her, but you're standing on the wall like you was Poindexter. Next day's function, high-class luncheon. Food is served and you're stone-cold munching. Music comes on, people start to dance, but then you ate so much, you nearly split your pants. A girl starts walking, guys start gawking. Sits down next to you and starts talking. Says she want to dance because she likes to groove. So come on, fat so and just bust a move. David Townsend grew up in Englewood, New Jersey, the son of songwriter Ed Townsend, who probably is most famous for being co-producer of Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. After graduating college, Townsend became a member of the Isley Brothers backing band and formed a group named Port Authority with David Connolly, a fellow singer-songwriter from New Jersey. Port Authority was signed to a record deal but never released an album, and Connolly left in 1978 to join the funk band Mandrill. You can talk about it. 
Townsend and Connolly continued to write songs together and in 1983 formed a group along with Townsend's girlfriend, Karen Copeland, called Surface. They released a few singles in early 1980 that charted in the lower reaches of the R&B charts. Copeland left the group in 1984 and was replaced by Bernard Jackson, who had just moved to New York City from Stamford, Connecticut, and was told to look up Townsend by his godfather, who was also Townsend's uncle. Townsend and Connolly became staff writers for EMI, and their songs were recorded by New Edition and Sister Sledge. The group moved to Los Angeles in 1986, where their demo of the song Let's Try Again caught the ear of Columbia Records, who signed the group and recorded a single which would hit number 22 on the R&B charts. led to an eponymous album which produced two R&B hits, Lately and Happy. second record, Second Wave, came out in late 1988 and became the slow jam sensation of 1989, spawning three number one R&B singles, Closer Than Friends, You Are My Everything, and Shower Me With Your Love. I will care for you, you will care for me, our love. The group would follow that up with 1990's Three Deep, which featured their biggest hit song, The First Time, which would top both the R&B and pop charts. would then disband with all of the members pursuing solo careers. In 1998, the band would reunite and release their final LP, Love Zone, which didn't chart any singles. A planned reunion tour was cut short when Townsend was found dead in his home in 2005 at age 50 of unknown causes. 
Surface was one of the premier quiet storm acts of the late 80s, following in the footsteps of Luther Vandross, as typified by their 1989 smash hit, Closer Than Friends. To love so tender, I won't push you as long as you know that my love is true. Get closer to you, baby. We first heard about Marcel Hall in the section on De La Soul as he was a childhood friend and schoolmate of producer Prince Paul. Marky, as he was known back then, was a fan of hip-hop from a young age, listening to tapes from local rappers and DJs, and one of his favorites was Busy B. Starsky. Hall began to call himself Busy B. Marky, which eventually morphed into just Biz Marky. Marky was part of the Juice Crew, a collective of hip-hop artists, mainly from Queens, that included Marley Marl, MC Shan, Roxanne Shante, and Big Daddy Kane. Juice Crew tracks were mainly released on local label Cold Chillin', which is the label that released Bismarcky's first single, Make the Music with Your Mouth, Biz, in 1986. That was followed in 1988 by his debut LP, Going On, which featured his first minor hit, Vapors. Radio, TV, and even the press say what's the meaning of V-A-P-O-R-S. The meaning of this word, without no doubt, means nobody want to beat that one you're down and out. Now when you're established and got a lot of money, everybody want to be your buddy and honey. Like tall builders, they call skyscrapers. Can you feel it? Nothing can save ya, but this is the season of catching the vapors. And since I got time, what I'm gonna do is tell you how they spread it throughout my crew. Marky's 1990 album, I Need a Haircut, was a pedestrian effort, but had one major impact on hip-hop. The twelfth song on the album, Alone Again, featured a sample from Gilbert O'Sullivan's song, Alone Again Naturally, that was used without permission. He said, hey, Biz, what you want a ride? I said, hell yeah, he said, I can't cause my girl's inside. So he jetted off, leaving two tracks. Not at one time did homeboy look back. It took me an hour to get where I was going and to top it all off. It had to start showing. My sneakers was old and my coat was thin. But my determination kept me warm within. I had nobody to help me, as you can see. I'm alone again, naturally. O'Sullivan sued both Markey and Warner Brothers Records, and in late 1991, the court ruled in O'Sullivan's favor. The result of the suit was that samples now legally had to be cleared with the original copyright owner of the song being sampled, which effectively ended the era of sample-heavy hip-hop, like that of The Bomb Squad or De La Soul. 
Bismarcky released one more LP in 1993, the aptly named All Samples Cleared, but the lawsuit and the ever-changing landscape of hip-hop had left him seeming hopelessly outdated. He guested on the Beastie Boys albums Check Your Head, Ill Communication, and Hello Nasty, in addition to making cameos in the films Men in Black 2 and voice acting in the animated shows SpongeBob SquarePants and Adventure Time. In April 2020, Markey was hospitalized with complications from type 2 diabetes. Later that year, he was hospitalized again, this time suffering a stroke while in a diabetic coma. Biz Markey died in July of 2021 at age 57. His second album and his first major label LP, The Biz Never Sleeps, would be his best selling, based on his only hit single, Just a Friend. Just a Friend was based around the piano riff and opening line of Freddie Scott's 1968 R&B hit, You Got What I Need. Markey's song was funny and self-deprecating, off-key and charming, and struck a chord with both R&B pop audiences in late 1989, rising to number five on the rap charts and number nine on the Hot 100. Here's one of the 80s great one-hit wonders, Biz Markey and Just a Friend. Cause when I ask, do you have a man, she tried to pretend, she said, no I don't, I only have a friend. Come on, I'm not even going for it. But you say he just a friend, and you say he just a friend. Oh, baby, you got what I need. But you say he just a friend. Kenneth Edmonds was born in Indianapolis, the fifth of six brothers. He joined a local funk band, Manchild, as a singer and guitarist in 1977 while still a teenager, and they had a minor hit with Especially for You. <laughs> We sing a song Especially for you It tells a story Of what we will do Edmonds would join Cincinnati-based group The Deal in 1981, and in 1983, their debut LP Street Beat dropped, featuring the R&B hit Body Talk. This time, the deal played a gig with Bootsy Collins, who gave Edmonds the nickname that he would use as his professional name for the rest of his career, Babyface. Their follow-up LP, Material Thangs, didn't do as well as their debut, and the group went on hiatus. 
During that time, Babyface recorded his debut solo album, Lovers, which featured his first R&B hit, I Love You Babe. One year later, in 1987, The Deal released Eyes of a Stranger, which featured their first pop-over cross hit, Two Occasions. It was at this point that Babyface and the drummer for The Deal, L.A. Reid, began to write songs for other artists, including The Whispers, Karen White, future wife, Pebbles. on their success as songwriters and producers, Reed and Babyface left the deal and established LaFace Records, which would go on to release some of the biggest records of the 90s with TLC, Usher, and Tony Braxton. He produced the number one singles I'm Your Baby Tonight by Whitney Houston, End of the Road by Boys to Men, and Take a Bow by Madonna. He has released 11 albums under his own name, which have included 17 R&B top 10 hits four of which topped the charts. Two of those singles, It's No Crime and Tender Lover, were from his second solo record, Tender Love, released in 1989. Tender Lover was written with Lionel Richie in mind, but Richie passed on the song. Babyface then offered the track to the Jacksons, but by the time that group got around to accepting the offer, Babyface already had recorded his version. 
The whole song sprang from the line, Eleanor Rigby lives her life all alone, which he brought to L.A. Reid, and the pair finished the song based solely on that line. This is the last number one R&B hit of the 80s, Babyface and Tender Lover. You've been listening to Subdivisions, a podcast about the music and artists of the 80s. Subdivisions is written, produced, and performed by me, Dylan Johnson. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to like and also tell a friend.